This episode of Warp 5 is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. And if you want to join in on the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode or any other, please join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. This is David A. Goodman, writer and consulting producer for Star Trek Enterprise, and you're listening to Warp 5 on Trek FM. Welcome, Boomers, to another episode of Warp 5, Trek FM's dedicated enterprise podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Devlin, and I'm joined, as always, by Brandy... By Brandy Jackala. Brandy, how are you doing today? I'm just fine, Patrick. How are you this fine day? I'm doing good, actually. Uh, yesterday was Father's Day. Today's my daughter's fifth birthday, so uh, I'm doing pretty good. Happy birthday. Yep. To your daughter. So, not, I'll let not her to know. You, no, no, mine's next month. Yeah, just do um, tell her I said happy birthday. I will. Um, and uh, unfortunately, we we are missing uh, one member of the the normal crew. Uh, Brandon will be away for a little while. He had to take soon uh, off to prison, and then he was going to the Vulcan Science Academy to learn some stuff. So he'll be back when he can. Uh, in all seriousness, he's he's really busy in the summer, and he has that Vulcan. Uh, I guess that's a, a con, a convention coming up. So he's got to get ready for. So he'll be back with us when when he, you know that stuff is over. Uh, but today we do have a special guest. We we have someone here that's uh, that's going to help us out with this episode. Uh, Brandy, did we have any comments on uh, Babel Conference this week? We did have a couple, and this was in regards to our last released episode, which was uh, Warp Five, episode one fifty one, and both of them are from Janet Lee. One probably is referring to episode one fifty, but in any case. Uh, Janet Lee says, given the fond memories Trip has of his father, does anyone find it weird that he didn't visit his parents in home? Why do you think that happened? Uh, and then she put a link to the best story that she'd seen that involves Trip meeting the Zerillion child, except that they come to him, and there's a link to that in the Babel Conference. If you're not a member of the Babel Conference, you'll just have to join the Babel Conference in order to access that. And honestly, I don't necessarily think that he didn't visit his parents. I just don't think that we saw it. Because especially finding out that uh, his sister was dead, I, I think he mentioned something about it, but I don't remember. I could be misremembering. So if he did visit them, we never saw it on screen. And then she added this comment as well. 
On Trip's Grief, let's try that in English. On Trip's Grief for Elizabeth, I like that Connor made it so palpable for the audience, although it probably was that way for him because he found out his wife was pregnant that same day. Trip is the first male character I remember whose emotions were treated as normal. That's what makes him stand out from a lot of everymen. I forgot whether it was here or the episode about the body count under Archer, but I agree with Brandy that crying makes Trip more special. If you want to know which scenes give you the feels, she's your woman. Oh yes, I have so many feels all the time. <laughs> I will tell you about yes. the feels. Yes, that is true. Um, as far as her first comment, uh, I never even gave it a thought. I just assume it happens off screen and we don't see it. Yeah, because I'm but. sure that uh, there was still hurt at losing Elizabeth and it would probably be difficult. It It sounds weird, I know, but when you lose... You know, when parents lose a child, no matter what age that child is, no matter what age the parents are, it is so hard because parents, you know, believe that you have children. I mean, a lot of parents believe you have children so that, you know, you will live on in them or to replace you once you're gone, whatever the theory is. And that they didn't uh, they didn't end up having that with their daughter. And it's horrifying to lose a child. Absolutely horrifying. Yeah, Absolutely. We do, we do have a special guest here today. We have the, um, the awesome Captain America himself, because we're going to be talking about Mako, so we figured let's bring in a vet. So we brought in Captain America, Richard Marquez, from Earl Grey. How are you, Richard? Woo! Thanks for promoting me to Captain America. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that rank. <laughs> I approve that promotion. Yes. <laughs> now, if only I can get a body like Chris Evans, and that'd be great, and I, I'll be fine. But, you know... I'll settle for round. <laughs> it's a shape. It's a it's shape. It's in it shape. You are I'm in, in shape, shape all year round. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody ever said shape had to be lumpy. Yeah. <laughs> but I am I am ha- so happy to come on uh, come on to your guys' show and talk about Makos. Yay! Awesome, awesome. Uh, so yeah, so we're gonna be talking about Makos, and we are gonna do another writers' room. So. I guess let's start this off. We've already had Richard on before, so we don't have to go through the whole thing. We do it everyone else when they come on for the first time. So uh, my idea, I would like to talk about what my idea was. I thought we should write an episode where the Makos finally get folded into Starfleet and how that happens. Folded into Starfleet? Yes, folded. Folded? How else would they they join Starfleet? I don't know about folded. Folded doesn't doesn't sit well with me. (laughs) I, I st- it's better than absorbed. It, uh, yeah. It's true, actually. Commissioned <laughs> yeah. into Starfleet. Uh, um, invited. Um, no, invite. You don't invite into military integrated? organizations. Integrated. <laughs> okay, let's, fine. So the episode yes. will be about when the Makos get integrated into Starfleet, <laughs> and they stop being two separate forces, which we see throughout all of season three. Yeah. That, that's- yeah. That's interesting because they would have to go through very different training to become Starfleet personnel. Uh, possibly, but they would still be able to hold their own training when you go off. Like, for instance, if you're in the Army, you go off your MOS school, and that's when you get the training for your specific test. So that's when the MAKO training could be uh, brought into Starfleet and used from that point. But the Army doesn't take uh, other people from other bra- – or I'm sorry, the Air Force and other branches don't take anyone else from other branches. So but they just 
straight up just go out, <laughs> you know, discharge them. <laughs> no, I, well, yes, but. But we're not talking no, about Mako's, what happens in real life. Yeah, That's but no, true. because yeah. Mako's would, at some point we lose Mako's, right, between right. Enterprise and TNG. So they had to go somewhere. I don't think they just disappeared. I think they became part of Starfleet. Mm, an elite task force. Well, well, they already have Section 31, so they didn't become that, No, right? I don't mean that. I'm just talking about, you know... Oh, like Deltas? Like a strike team. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's, you know, I don't know. I'm not the military person here. My dad was in the military, but that doesn't count. <laughs> okay. So, well, all right. So... <laughs> okay. Uh, I, so, it's an interesting idea, and I, I, I like it. Um, to be quite honest, I... Um, I don't believe that the Makos were ever absorbed or integrated or anything like that because um, uh, uh, not every Starfleet officer is a you know um, like a combatant or something like that. You know what I mean? Like I'm not I I, I I I don't know what kind of training they do. I assume they don't do. I mean they don't do hand to hand combat <laughs> or something like that. Or maybe they just do the double hand um, you know punch. <laughs> Um, all the time. Style of yeah. Maybe, maybe the karate chop is there. Or the karate main, chop, yeah. Completely ineffective. So, no. Well, yeah, but you make a good point. So not everyone's a combatant, right? But we see security officers, and we see they, they would clearly be trained differently than a helmsman. True. That's true. So they would obviously have to have different schools within Starfleet, much like any other branch of any military would have. Right. That's fair. You have your basic, right, which would... In our world or this universe, you, you you figure the basic is like schooling and it, just the education of Starfleet, right? But then it would branch off into specialties. Yeah, because everybody starts as a grunt and then you find out what you're good at or you already have an idea of what you're good at and what you want to do. And then you go into – it's like going through um, basically public education, you know, elementary school, junior high, high school, that's that's your boot camp. And then when you get to college, you can start doing your more specialized things to groom yourself for whatever career it is that you're going for. It's kind of like that, but it takes way longer. Hmm. Right. So, okay. So, for instance, uh, what was your MOS, uh, Richard? 74 Delta. Okay, I can't even say mine, but it was Intel, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so no, we both had... I was not in Intel. No, my no, not Intel. No, but mine was. But so oh, okay. you, you, no, mine was. That's why I can't say the number. Oh, um, okay. Uh, we'll just History. call it ninety four Bravo because that's one of the ones that existed back then that wasn't mine, but it was on. You could look it up online. So, whatever. But we both went to the same basic training, and then you went off to your MOS, and I went off to mine. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that. That's where the Makos are now made in the in the future. But they become just Starfleet security. Like a higher form of Star, Star uh, Yeah, like Starfleet not just security. like the, the jerks on the ship, but like the people who would actually wage war. The ones the ones that'll actually take your head off? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Without yeah. a bat lip. <laughs> Correct. Like the ones that would, that would actually be a real security force, not security personnel. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I see where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah, I I, I just you know, I, I know we're gonna cross we're gonna cross streams here, but like, I mean, come on, we got we got to talk about at least the siege of AR five five eight. You know what I mean? Like they weren't technically, you know, <laughs> Starfleet officers. 
Then again, they didn't really say that they were Starfleet officers, and they didn't say they were Makos either, and they and there were soldiers in there. So, I mean, I, I, I and that was during the Dominion War. So, I mean, I, I yeah, I, 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 I personally believe that it's just a force that we don't see it uh, see on the screen because we're just talking about Starfleet, and that's it. You know what I mean? Like it, I don't know. It, it just makes more sense um, tactically to have a force like that anyway not a big one but at least someone's uh, at least someone that's uh um <clears throat> that's uh that's trained in, into you know i guess i don't want to say killing it's not really killing it's more like warfare training and all that kind of stuff yeah they're trained in in uh, let's warfare there you go thank yeah, you let's call it warfare yeah there you go i mean it's i mean it's it, in of itself it's a profession basically and when you mean we gotta defend ourselves somehow. You know what I mean? Can't have, can't double fist and kung fu grip everyone, uh, everyone we see or anything like that. So, <laughs> and and rely on uh, force fields. Star Trek <laughs> taught me you can. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just and kung then, fu, <laughs> karate chop, karate chop, karate chop. I just want to learn the Vulcan nerve pinch. And everybody falls down. Oh right, in the Vulcan nerve pinch too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Just, I want to do that. That's so, my form of fighting. All right, so the reason I came up with this was because I, in my head, I've been thinking about this for the last, like, two days, and I wanted to see the, the episode open up, right, where it looks like the NX-01, mm-hmm. but we don't recognize anybody who's being attacked. The NX-01 is under attack, or we believe it's the NX-01 is under attack, but we don't see anybody that we recognize. Archer's not there, you know, no one, no one is actually there that we would recognize. Now, obviously, the... Um, the last episode didn't happen yet because we're doing a season five episode, right? So Trip's still alive. That didn't happen. None of that stuff happened. Yeah. So, but we don't see Trip. We don't see anybody. And we see an attack and that the cold open ends with a, I'm going to call them a security force, but basically we see what the Mako's, but without the Mako uniforms on at this point. Mm-hmm. Or we could even see them with the Mako uniforms. And this is, wait, no, I got that wrong. I'm sorry. We just see them being attacked and being overrun. Basically, and then we go into the opening credits of the show. So when we come back out of that, we do see Archer and Trip and all the you know the regular crew flying off somewhere. And what they're doing is they're actually going to the NXO two, which was just under attack and overrun and taken over by a hostile force. The reason they attacked the NXO two was because they didn't actually have Makos that ever trained with their security officers, and the NXO one did. So their security officers were actually more prepared for war than the NXO2s were. Hmm. Does any of that make sense to anybody, or am I just gibberish? No, that makes sense. That makes <laughs> okay. sense. I mean, yeah. I, don't know how, I don't know how that works. <laughs> That's I mean, I, why I, we do this, is uh, to make it work. Yeah, we're trying to make it work. That's what you do in a writer's room, is you figure these things out and how they can be possible, or if they can't be possible, and then you come up with something else. Hmm. Writing. It's not for the week. Okay, so full disclosure, that's as far as I've gotten to. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I got no answers after this, except that at the end, I want there to be a scene. I do have an ending, but I will talk about that at the ending. Well, that's good because you can't, you have to know where your characters are going so that you can write their journey. Correct. That's a really big point in writing. I know stuff and things sometimes. Stuff and things. So, all right, so now we're at this point where the the NX-01 gets back to the NX-02, and now they're going to fight off 
these invaders. I, I didn't pick a race for them. If you want to, we can, or it could just be some new race of whatever they find in space. I, I don't really care. They're Tholians. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Not Tholians. How about renegade Vulcans? I like Ooh. that idea now. Ooh. They're I renegade like Vulcans. Separatists. Oh, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. So I made that up on the spot. Yay, me! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> pat on the back to Patrick. To yes. Pat is bringing it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, am I tired. <laughs> so, all right, so now, all right, so in the first scene we had the Vulcans attacking and taking out basically everybody and, take, and, and commandeering the ship. Mm-hmm. Then we see, we somehow get that... Um, Archer finds out about this. He rushes off to go fight, but he has Makos on board. Let's just say he still has Makos on board. Plus, his security officers were trained with Makos, so they would be better fighters than the ones that were on the NX-02 anyway, in my opinion, because they're just regular Starfleet security. And now they have to attack back. So what, what do we? where do we go from here? Richard. I'm, I got, I'm getting a, a lot of blank stares. So no, you somebody. are getting a blank. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, I'm like, I'm like, how does that work? I mean, like, so the NXO2, the Columbia, mm-hmm. is being attacked by the Vulcan Separatists. NXO1. <laughs> uh, calls, uh, I, I guess, responds to their distress call. Well, and They would and, have one at that point, right? You would right. Assume? I, I'm I'm pretty sure uh, it, they that'd be the first thing I out. built into a spaceship. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's true. Uh, a yeah. button that says they're killing me. Come help. Come, yeah. they're killing me. Well, Come it's help. usually <laughs> sent by the communications officers so. or a beacon or something like that. They yeah, just press. It's, it's got button. a large it's button or something button. like that in the middle <laughs> of the console. The big red button. Do not push. Yeah, mm. <laughs> in case of emergency, do not eject pod. <laughs> Break glass. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, so. I just think, oh man! I I mean, so okay, so obviously they get there and they try to figure out what the hell's going on because it's the Annex One. They're being invaded, and, and what they do? They have a ship or something like that, or I'm assuming well, I they, guess do. they would have to, right? How would they get to the? How would they get to the Annex Unless they came under like a false flag or something like that, and be like, "Well, we're going to wherever." Well, that's possible. They well, could yeah. have come in a Vulcan ship. Yeah, because you know Vulcans are the allies, and no one would suspect anything. And but Vulcans weren't the weren't the complete allies. I mean, like they are now, or well, now. No, but after <laughs> now, after the events, where we don't know them after yeah. the events of season four with the Vulcan trilogy, which we haven't well. We haven't really talked in depth about yet, have we? We haven't yet. Um, we're not to that one yet. Uh, they were better allies after that, um, after getting but the would corrupt we trust leader them? out. But would we trust them um, as we do, like in TNG? Uh, well, I, how about this? Okay, we could write that in. Or even you write the fact that who did they ever name a captain for the Columbia during Enterprise? Yeah, it was uh, Archer's girlfriend. Hernandez. Yeah. Hernandez. Hernandez. Right. Okay. So mm-hmm. we can I just can write in that Hernandez trusts the Vulcans <laughs> more than Archer does. Yeah, that's possible. But Archer, after the after certain events, like the events of the Vulcan trilogy, uh, he and Saval started getting along, which we never thought we would ever see. And they do become better allies because they Archer was the one who built this bridge, who found the Kishara, and 
got rid of the corrupt government, and so they have a chance now to rebuild with Tipao in charge, etc. And so Tipao's going to trust Pat Archer. in charge, huh? To Pat, to Pat was in charge. No, Tipao. <laughs> 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 nice you try. Talk, are, you, are you guys talking about the books? No. No, 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 no. no. Season okay. four, the Vulcan trilogy. Oh, okay. T'Pau was in charge after that. Uh, so, yeah, I think that they would be more willing to trust Archer, and Archer would be more willing to trust them after that fact because he'd been through so much carrying around a Katra in his head for however many days that that actually was. So, yeah. Right. Hmm. Okay, because, all right, so I kind of backed myself into this corner where now the episode would have to go back and show you the events again anyway on how they got in, which I hate, but... But, 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 remember how What's-His-Butt, who is the corrupt leader, was in bed with the Romulans? Yes. Duras? <laughs> no, not Duras. It's always Duras. <laughs> it's not Duras. It wasn't no, okay. a Klingon. I can't so remember. So Romulans... It's Romulans and the old guard Vulcans on a Vulcan ship that they stole yes. just before or just after the events of the Vulcan trilogy. And they've altered their transponder signals so no one knows it's stolen. Blotty, blotty, blah. That works. Right, yeah, right. Okay. And there's a drone. We have to have a drone. Okay. Hmm. I don't know why. I just want a drone. <laughs> so that, that'll show up later. Star Wars, right? <laughs> there's drones in Enterprise. <laughs> Yeah, but not like... Uh, they had the one guy floating around the thing, and the ship was doing barrel rolls for some reason. It made no sense. But if they can write nonsense, so can I. We're not trying All right, fine. To... I'll give up on the drone. Okay, thank you. So, <laughs> I'm going to sneak this in later in the episode. <laughs> so, <laughs> so okay. get no feedback from us at all. Be like, I want a drone in there. It's going to be awesome. Like BB-8 <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> No, no, not a droid, a drone. Same thing. No, no it's not. No, it's not. Drones are not sure. self-aware. No. no. Could we have a self-aware drone? Maybe would be like BB-8. Then it wouldn't be a drone. Okay, so just, just a, a self-aware spaceship. That, but, okay. that would be Moya from Farscape, okay? And let's not go down that road because I would have a lot to say. Okay, so, so cold open... They're attacking the ship, and we see Vulcans only, right? Then it comes back from the credits. We get the first act would be Archer finding out about this, finding out it's his girlfriend, rushing off to save, right? Because he wants to save the ship and his girlfriend. That and he is Archer, the, but, um, yeah. the, the martyr. Yeah, he, That's the one I was looking for. Yes, Archer the martyr. Then um, act two, right? So we get into act two. Act two is when we start doing the... They jump back to show you the initial attack on the ship, and they and now we actually see that Romulans are involved. Mm-hmm. And maybe they talk, or we get a quick flashback of them stealing the ship, going off to Romulus, and doing that whole thing, and coming back. So now we have Archer and the NX-02 and unnamed Vulcan vessel in a standoff. I mean, Archer would be severely outgunned at this point, right? How would he get on the ship? Would he have well, to beam in? I but they so. don't yeah, have he's shielding. The they yet. just have hull plating. There's That's nothing true. to not stop them from beaming in. I mean, so. Brandy has said it numerous it, times. Basically, they pull up a blanket. Yeah, that's what hull plating does for you. It's like pulling a blanket over you. It does almost nothing to protect you. 
unless your hull is lined with trillium D, and then you can't do that because all the Vulcans will go crazy. But wouldn't that be funny if they if the NX-02 had had its hull lined with trillium so it could go into the expanse, but then they destroyed all the spheres, and it doesn't matter because the expanse is back to normal, and I'll just stop talking. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, the elite fighting force go, beams over with Archer into whatever, the... the the ships are identical, so he, he could obviously find a place to beam in that they wouldn't be standing, most likely, right? Well, I think they're right. at the point where they have to do it transporter pad to transporter pad still on ships, don't they? Yeah, but they get the, yeah, but he beamed out of that... Um, oh, um, you're right. You're right. Never mind. Like a mid-run. Yeah. Like he quantum leaped it. <laughs> <laughs> of course. That's true. Yeah, That's that true. works for me. So Okay, so he shoots over there. The Makos go with him, right? And now at this point... They start dropping tear gas or whatever down the hallways. They're, you know, they're, they're making their way through the halls. Um, and they come in contact with, I would assume, uh, let's just say Romulans first. Because it's probably more Romulans than Vulcan separatists, right? That would be my guess, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, so we would have cool firefights at this point. We could bang, pew, pew, stuff like that. Yes. Well, you can yeah, only do so much in a hallway, suck. dude. <laughs> Why? I said you can only do so much in a hallway. Maybe I don't know. Uh, maybe in the mess hall. There you go. Have you have you seen Star Trek? They're always hiding behind some like bulkhead that's just randomly placed in a hallway. <laughs> this is true. They're, they're yeah. all over the place. So many bulkheads. See, now I think what we should do is we should still have Archer coming over to the ship, and we just see him at first. Then we go into Act Two, and he's like, "Oh, and by the way, I brought help." And then, yeah, all the Makos are there too. So it's okay. still a surprise because you don't know that the Makos are still on the ship yet. Until... Right, right. So that makes sense. Right. So Act One, you, Archer beams in. Now does he does he get confronted by the Romulan or the Vulcan leader at that point? Mm, Otherwise, I... he can't say, "Oh, by the way," <laughs> if he's talking to no one. Well, no. I mean, there's still other people on the ship. So I mean, there there's still other crew members still alive, or have they murdered everybody at this point? No, they're alive, but I mean. Okay. Because they would have, they would want to beam into an area that is, that doesn't have any Vulcans or Romulans in it, because otherwise they will be immediately fired upon, and you don't want to get fired upon while beaming in, because we all know what happened to Major Hayes. Yes, that didn't work out. No, it didn't. Mm. It did not. Okay, so Richard, any ideas? He's no, I mean, so far, <laughs> so far, you guys have got going. <laughs> I, I, you guys um, came up with quite a bit. I'm like, wow, that's that was more than I came up with. But okay. <laughs> All right. So you could, why don't you lay try and lay out the the so fight right scene na- since, so since my hallway two. idea sucks. So where where could the fight scene take place? Well, I was gonna well cargo bay. Yeah, a cargo bay because there's lots of things to hide behind in a cargo bay. And they would beam in. They could beam into an uh, to a cargo bay that didn't have anyone in it, so that they could sneak out. But they would. Oh no, we've detected that people have beamed aboard the ship, and yeah, it's just you just see Archer at first when they come in. It's like, oh, I brought friends, and all the Makos pop out, and start firing. That'd be fun. That may make no sense, but in my mind, it sounds fun. I was thinking the captain's mess or something like that in the mess hall. Like that they can too. hide behind the uh, tables and everything if they're gonna do a, if there's gonna be like a standstill or something like that. The kitchen. The, the kitchen. The kitchen. Well, that would I, mean, be I don't. Cool, like, I don't know how big it is exactly. The kitchen's but, like, huge big. now. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's huge big. now. 
<laughs> yeah, it's huge now. We just added 20 feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we got to fit like five more people in this place. Well, so. see, that's the thing. Make the, that set bigger. The Columbia has a bigger kitchen because Archer's cook. More people. Would, yeah. More people. And, that's and right. Archer's cook would complain about how he didn't have enough room to work, I'm sure. And so they decided, yeah, he's got, they got to have a bigger yeah. kitchen on the inside. So they got rid of like three bathrooms and they gave him a whole bunch of extra kitchen space. Yep. Yep. So, so yeah, so the Mako's beam in and like they could just like start flipping tables up. Yeah. Hide oh, behind yeah. tables. And, and let's hope they can tables. like withstand, you know, multiple phaser uh, shots. Because <laughs> 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 I'm assuming that they probably don't, <laughs> but well, let's just say they do. That all depends <laughs> on whether um, the Romulans have their phasers on kill or stun. It'd be kill. It'd probably be kill. There yeah. you go. Well, then it's probably going to, it may not obliterate, <laughs> it may not burn through. A table on one or two shots, but if you fired a concentrated beam, it could burn through a metal table. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. So I'm assuming stainless steel, right, or or better, whatever, right. whatever high uh, end metal they have. Then vibranium. Oh wait, wrong universe. No. Sorry. Well, we have Captain America. It's okay. <laughs> right. Wait. Bring your shield. <laughs> vibranium. Yep, we'll bring vibranium. Yep, I I, I agree. So, get so some get Black so Panther that... in there too because his suit's made out of vibranium. And then... yes. There you go. That's, that's really all you need. Get it from. Captain America, Black Panther, they could take care of this in like five minutes. <laughs> no need for an episode. It'd be no. a commercial. Let's just let's turn this into a Marvel movie. No, I'm just kidding. Totally kidding. So, so okay. So all right. So now that's so now we have a big fight in the mess hall, right? That's what we decided. The kitchen mess hall whatever. slash galley. Right. Yeah. Um, tear gas or whatever, pew pew shooting, people die, Romulans die. How many how many Makos do we think were brought over? Mm, how many? Take a ship that size, pro- uh, probably 20. That's what <laughs> I was going to say. I would say take <laughs> all of the kitchen. Makos that you could with the, with that kind of attacking force. So yeah, but You couldn't hmm. take them all. You couldn't take all of them off the ship because... There's still a Romulan, uh, a Vulcan ship full of Romulans waiting to attack that could possibly attack the NX-01. Yeah, but the NX-01 is better prepared because they're not going to be caught with their pants down, are they? Well, so. true. <laughs> but I would true. say I split the forces in half. Take half of the Makos with you, leave half of them on NX-01. So there's 40 of them all together. Let's say there's 40. That sounds okay. good. Yeah, yeah. because... Because there was probably too few in the in season three anyway. Yeah. They only showed like seven. But, I mean, they were, they were a good fighting force, so, you know, maybe they only needed seven. They well, were that good. There, there were more. I feel like that it was more like a couple dozen that was on NX-01 in Season 3. Um, mm. I would have to look that up to be sure, but it, it, feels, it feels to me like I read somewhere that it was a couple of dozen. So, okay. That hmm. were on the... But you, you can't... Unless you start building more crew quarters, you can't logistically have an extra 40 people hanging around on your ship without making some concessions, having sure a lot can. more food. Sure and you can. Just get rid of the gym and the swimming pool and um, put in racks and bunks and all that kind of stuff. And that's why the NX-01 had a small kitchen. That's right. Exactly. They they trimmed it down. There you go. They, they, yeah, they took off 20 feet to fit 20 people. And then okay. and then when it's not meal time, that's when the Makos go in there and set up their bunks and everything, and there you go. <laughs> 
Yeah, really, because really they would be able to just kind of sleep anywhere. I mean, you might have fat Marines, or not Marines, but like you might have fat Makos. That was a Freudian slip from an army guy right Mm. there. No, I don't don't think that Makos would ever let themselves get fat while in service. Well, unless unless they're in the mess hall and they're eating all the snacks and everything, I mean, you you see how easy it was just to lift that flap just to get the food out and, you know. The yeah, was, matter converter, whatever, whatever it's called, replicator. Well, they didn't have a replicator though, except for drinks. No, they, it was more like the seventies where you put like a quarter in and pull out a burger. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like the the automat. That's what they were called. Is that what that was called? They were wow. called automats. Yeah. So, so we'd have to lock them so no no midnight <laughs> snacking by the Makos. I like that. So, Cook's like, right, I'm only so, one person. I cannot feed this many people. That's right. That's right. right so, so now, so, yeah. at the end of this battle, do we do we want it has to come down to, to a captured? standstill? Yeah. Has... At least. Right. So, okay. So a standoff, right? So standoff, yeah. We're stuck. We're stuck now. There's like, whatever, 15 of them left and 15 Starfleet or Mako's left, right? Right. And Archer's like... He's got to be in this room somewhere, so he's hiding behind something. Or was he? Sh- Maybe he was shot in the leg. I like him being shot in the leg. Okay. So it must have been on stun, I guess. Or it could have burned right through his leg. Yeah. Now he's got a hole in his leg. That sucks. That's not going to kill him. Yeah, it that won't kill because it, at least it burned all the way through. It won't. Yeah. It won't. It would have caught right, 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 right. Burning through. Yeah. So he wouldn't. Like... He wouldn't bleed to death. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's that's the nice part about phasers is it cauterizes as it kills you. Yes. Yes. It hurts like a son of a... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so now we put a hole in our captain. Well, you know, he's Archer the Martyr. He can take it. So so he's down. He's... Mako's grab him. Now they're at a standstill. Now what? Well, here's the thing. They know know the NX-02 better than the Romulans and Vulcans do. They know because she's built basically the same way as the NX-01. So they're going to know where all those secret passages are. Well, not secret passages. This is not a, this is not a, a gothic this murder this mystery. Isn't clue? Um, this isn't Clue? You no, know, it's not. It's, you're not going to go through the conservatory and end up in the lounge. Or was it the library? Or the study? I can't remember. Anyway. All four of those somehow can yeah. opposite each other. So whatever the opposite uh, was, so right, yeah. but the, the Jeffrey's tubes Jeffrey's, in every other, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're going to know their way around that ship way better than any opposing force, and so they can find ways out of there. Like Archer could lay down a suppressing fire and keep them distracted while other Makos get into the Jeffrey's tubes corridors, whatever you want to call them, and sneak around and come at the Romulans from behind. Okay. See, now what I was thinking was during the fight, just as the standoff started, they beamed like two high-end, high-level Makos in into some random Jeffries tube. Ooh, even better. You know, because the the attention is drawn to that room at that point and the battle going on and with all the phasers, it would screw with their instruments somehow because I just have to find an excuse for why they don't realize there's another transporter working. Distracted. And then, They're busy then two, trying to right. kill everybody. So now two people transport in somewhere down below and have to make their way up. And if they have another, if, they're, if they've come from a ship, 
I think the first thing that you would want to do also is disable communications so that they can't contact that ship and let them know what's going on. Yes, so. that's very true. Oh, wait, we holy, where's Malcolm for all this? Oh, right, where is Malcolm? I would assume is he, he in the standoff or is he one of the two? Ooh, oh, that's right. Yeah, he would be on the he would be on the way mission. For he'd sure, probably be leading it, right? Yeah, but, probably. But or do the Makos have their own command that they do? But is now because or yeah, but is their own command running the op or is Starfleet running this op? It's probably their own command, actually, because thinking about it this way, he's like the overall, and he doesn't need to be specifically there on the ground. So probably he's he's on the NX01 coordinating. With the, uh, with the others that are flanking the other Romulans. Because usually, usually it's Mayweather that's up in the ship coordinating these ridiculous attacks. Because we see when when um, Malcolm actually loses a Mako in season... Three. Uh, yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they were inside the sphere. That one, yeah. yes. And he, Some he giant was... arm comes out no one can physically see. Yeah, but that was a specific mission, wasn't it? I mean, the, he needed to be on that one, didn't he? I, I guess. I I think I so. I mean, Hayes I'm wasn't on it at sure, all, and then Hayes dies on the next one. That, you, But Malcolm doesn't go on, so... Yeah, it probably makes more sense that Malcolm wouldn't be on it, and that he would actually be back at the ship, back at the Enterprise, running, yeah. you know, defense. Right. Right. So, but we could see that we could see him doing things. Well, and the thing is, you're gonna have you're gonna want to have if you've already split your Mako forces, you're gonna have one person commanding the Mako forces on the NX02 and one person commanding the Mako force forces on the NX01. So it would make sense to have the Mako commander in one and Malcolm in the other, because at this point the Makos are gonna trust Malcolm after what they'd been through in season three. So no, I don't want them to. Oh, you, you don't want them to. No, oh. I, I want I want that to backfire. Okay. Nice. So right, okay. Why so you Malcolm crap all over Malcolm, huh? I, no, I don't. I like Malcolm a lot, but <laughs> uh, Malcolm but no, has it, enough it, crap on him. Just... But right, and this has to happen to move my story forward. Okay. So, so now Malcolm is back on the NXL one. Let's just leave it at that. They're they're in the standoff. They he beams over. He com- he tells them not to beam in behind, that they'll take care of it on the ship. They do it anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the uh, Mako's on the Enterprise. On the Enterprise, they want to mount an assault on the Vulcan ship, but Malcolm keeps saying, no, he wants them to stay here because there'll be no one left to defend the ship if something happened to them over there. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, For whatever reason, there's a big uprising where they, they go against Malcolm. They have to not listen to Malcolm at this point. They mutiny? Yes, and the reason being is because that's what's going to be the driving force to eventually bring in the the Makos and force Malcolm to go through the same kind of training as them. I know he did in Season 3, but these are not the same Makos as Season 3, so they don't trust them like the guys that served with him in Season 3 would have. Hmm. So there would be no one from that team in Season 3? Um, they're already on the ship. They're pinned down. Okay, okay. I got you. I got you. I know where you're, I know where you're going now. Okay. So and maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe the fact that people that he's close to from season three are pinned down, that they think that's shading his opinion because he lost that guy mm. at the sphere. Mm-hmm. Well, and he also lost Hayes. He did, but well, he wasn't there when that happened. He but, wa- yeah. well, he wasn't, but Hayes was there to rescue Hoshi, which is one of the 
Starfleet yes. crew members. And so Malcolm took that personally because he was there rescuing a member of Malcolm's crew. Yeah, and they had just made up. Yeah, they had like just, they had just gotten to a mutual, yeah, a a mutual respect for one another. Yeah. Even though Malcolm had just lost the other guy's like best friend, apparently. Yeah, well, I did like Malcolm's reaction to that, but we've already talked about that. Cause yes. It's getting a little... I think we're confusing Richard. Yeah, we're... <laughs> he, he just yeah. talks about how he, I'm just... we're getting a little too... What's the word that he used? Used to losing people. Yes. Okay, so in season three, there's the episode where they go to the spear and Malcolm loses, I can't remember the guy's name, but he ends up dying. Yeah, um, I remember. And they ha- him and Hayes have the conversation at the end of that episode where um, Hayes is like, I don't like putting someone under my own, under, under someone else's command, right? Because mm-hmm. this, uh, this, that line is what brought me to this episode, if that makes sense, right? Because mm-hmm. the Makos don't like putting someone else, someone, one of their own under someone else's command. So... When he says that, though, Malcolm vehemently tries to defend himself at that moment, saying, "I did everything I, you know, I did everything right, or I did everything I could. I didn't want to lose him either." And Hayes, at that point, like agrees with him, saying, "No, I, it's, it's not you. I just, I don't like that I wasn't there, kind of thing." And right. they kind of hug and make up because they've been fighting up until this point, you know, pop shots at each other for the first half of that season. Actually, right. for like three quarters of the season, this yeah. episode was very late in the season. But, well, yeah, but they kind of started to make up when they were forced to train together. True. That, you know, they were kind of like sho- they were shoved in a room and they were like, "Yo, beat each other up till you're okay." <laughs> and uh, but so, but this is like the culmination of that that arc between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then, and then the very next episode, Hayes is teleporting out and gets shot through and dies. And the last person he talks to is Malcolm. Right? Yeah. Right. So. I remember. Yeah, it's just, it's all coming back to me. (laughs) But that informs the idea for my episode. Okay. That makes sense. Because now the, the Makos that were not with... See that the part the only thing that, that that doesn't make any sense here with my story is why would they add more Makos to the Enterprise and not add any to the Columbia? But I'm going to fix that with a really bad excuse, which is okay because it's Star Trek, and we, that's how we fix Klingons. What I'm going to do is I'm going to say that the Enterprise was still going way out into deep space, and the Columbia wasn't going as far and was still under like some kind of trials for some new something. A new war so there were no Makos on board. What? A new war drive or something like that? Sure, yeah. They were trying to get to six or yeah. seven. Yeah. That works. And then because of that, they didn't bother putting any Makos on. But then this whole thing in Act 4 happens where uh, Malcolm is trying to order the Makos to do things. They're not the ones that served with him in Season 3. They disobey him completely in mutiny. And th- in Act 5, we finally get Malcolm, let's say, uh, whatever. We find out in... Uh, Archer gets out, the Makos take back the ship, the NX-01, O2, the Columbia is fine. Uh, maybe they steal a bit of information, but no, nothing really substantial, I guess, at that point, other than their warp drive technology, which the Romulans and the Vulcans would already have higher yeah. levels of information on that anyway. and But now they're taking, again, they're taking in front of like Starfleet, like, under investigation, and this is when Malcolm starts pounding on the desk saying, we need to bring these forces in because it's not working with them just having to listen to me. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. 
what if they have the extra Makos on board because they were going to deliver them to Columbia? And that's why Enterprise is even in the vicinity to begin with, because they had picked up the Makos and they were meeting the Columbia and transferring a contingent of Makos to Columbia. Hmm. I like that better. Because they and that would give us more than enough. That would give us more than enough Makos. (laughs) Right, (laughs) we win. There you go. Plausible, plausible situation. There you go. I did a thing to make up for my earlier thing that I did. And then obviously the very end of this whole episode, we end up seeing Flocks with some bug that he shoves on Archer's leg and the hole's gone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got to fix the hole. Yeah. Well, of course you got to fix the hole. It's probably some kind of weird beetle that secretes, that it devours the... Skin. Oh, yeah. It devours the 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 necrotic tissue and starts secreting something that helps rebuild the skin cells. Because... Why can't we just put leeches on him or something like that? You know what I mean? Yeah, but... You can't put leeches on a hole. Oh, hole. Oh, got it. Got it. I was like... Uh, okay. I thought we were still on on his... um his a hole in his hole leg. in his leg, yeah. <laughs> oh right, yeah. No, the hull. The hull is different hull. than the hole. Cold open, Vulcans attack. We come back. We have Archer now going to the. We have Archer going to the Discovery to drop off Mako's. He's talking about that. The Discovery. When he gets the called. No, sure, with them too. <laughs> Whatever. It's better than what you said. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Okay. The Columbia. They're both spaceships that we've used. Yeah. In fact, they're all three of them are. Yeah, but they're but, not in the same timeline. I mean, they're not in the same time frame of no, the timeline. I, I mean NASA. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, they're going back. That's why I keep saying NX-01. I do too many shows with too many different ships. So yeah, We go back to the NX-02, Excuses. but that's when they get the distress call. So then they warp off. Then we have the gun, right? Act 3 was the gunfight in the yep. mess hall. Yep. Perfect. Act four was everyone basically like face palming Malcolm because they didn't want to listen to him. Mm. And act five is Malcolm under investigation for not being able to control his troops. Dun, dun, dun. dun. How does that work for everybody? Is, this a, oh, is that it. how it ends? Is that how we're ending it? Well, I, I mean, yeah, because this could be like a three-story arc where the next two was them actually going about the process of training Starfleet to be... Makos. Yeah. And then have like an episode or a couple episodes of them alchemy to the training and resisting or something like that. Or yeah. this is right. how we did it in the Makos or something like that. Yeah. Well, there would be yeah, a exactly. lot of that. Oh, I have an idea to uh, retcon why the Vulcan ship attacked. What if the Vulcan ship, that they lured the Columbia in with a distress call and then they attacked because, uh, you know, the Columbia would just think, oh, these are our allies. Go in with whole plating down because not that it makes any difference anyway. <laughs> but, no, no, but that would make more sense for Romulans anyway, wouldn't it? Yeah, because that, that would make more sense than just suddenly they're being attacked and we don't know why. So, But they could be trying to lure in the Columbia knowing that she is understaffed and would make an easy target in their minds. And mm. yeah, The only thing I would change is I would say... One of the Vulcans we have seen that are now friends with Starfleet need to be on that ship. Mm. Someone from the from season four, 
even if it was just someone in a background somewhere. Mm. We'd have to be able to, so that we, during this arc somewhere, we can say, we could somehow have someone that that was that we didn't know of that was like playing a double agent. Mm, okay. Because they're all over the place in Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> You never know. Yeah, I can't think of who that would be, but uh, that can... It could be just some random Vulcan yeah, just, that we saw we in the background of some scene. Later. You know, it doesn't have to be, like, someone important, but I just want someone on that ship where, like, Arch is like, but we've had coffee! Like, you know, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. You know, so that way, in the investigation, they can point to it, really, in, in Act 5, that it's brought up that this person, you know, when... Because it would obviously be the Vulcans that were yelling at the humans, because that's just how Enterprise did every episode like that. When they, mm. when they were doing that, Malcolm could get all pissed and scream back. But you had so-and-so that that was uh, a Romulan agent the whole time, and you didn't even know it. Because mm. it would stand to reason that they weren't going to know all of the Vulcan conspirators after that whole situation no. with the Kishara. So, yeah, that good, that's good. That works. I like that. I like mm. it. What do you I think, like Richard? Too. Okay, cool. I actually, I, I, I like it. I, you guys are filling in the blanks. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah, uh-huh. And I'm just like, okay. Mm-hmm. So is there anything you'd like to add to the episode? Uh, more than we've already done. No, or, actually. Or anything in here you want to change. Look, look, how, look how useful I am. <laughs> I mean, it's like. We use your vibranium. Yeah, we used the vibranium. There you go. Yeah, you know, even though it didn't help Archer, but that's okay. Because he, he had to be the martyr. He was standing outside the desk. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. That's what he does. I, I mean, it makes it make. I mean, it makes more of a sense to if they were going to actually have a story that integrates Mako's into Starfleet. That would probably be a better idea than uh, than a- anything I could think of. Um, because I mean, mainly because you know it's. It, it has to end. It has to end up with a conflict, and because they can't, they can't seem to. I mean, that kind of that kind of like undermines the professionalism of Makos. Kinda, you know what I mean? Like if they if they can't take orders from someone that's higher than them, but not in the same branch, sort of thing. Um, that kind of under undermines or undermines their their uh, professionalism. So I mean, I could see that. I could it see does. that happening. I, I, maybe I maybe if it was that. like a maybe if it was like a higher command. Um, okay, let's say this. Let's say that one of the Makos pinned down gave them an order. They were following those particular orders, and when Malcolm tried to change it, he was outruled because they didn't see his rank as as high as the other one, even though they were no longer in communication with each other. Hmm. I can see that working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That works a little bit better for you? Yeah. I can see that working. Yeah. See, this is why we need you, Richard, to say these things. <laughs> yeah. So that we can go, oh, that's not plausible, so let's fix it. There we because go. The problem is, <laughs> and I I don't know if I necessarily... I like the idea that the Makos were folded in at some point into Starfleet, became part of Starfleet. I don't know if that's necessarily how they would ever tell that story. But if that's the case, like you said, we have to get to a point where there's some reason why... Starfleet needs them to be part of them and can't just use them as a separate force. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, we'd need some kind of big conflict between a Starfleet per officer and them. Yeah. And Malcolm would be a great, great person to do that with. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah. He's hot-headed. He's hot-headed just like I'm sure a lot of Makos would be <laughs> in that kind of profession. <laughs> right. I mean, they kind of... He kind of had to be. <laughs> yeah, because even though like he's... Starfleet security, he doesn't come off as just a security guy, right? Right. Like, a lot of times we see security, and they're kind of just, like, security well, guards at, yeah, at like, a school. His official title is tactical officer, and that involves a lot more than just being security. Because that also means knowing the weapon systems and knowing how to disperse your security forces in case of being boarded by a hostile force and all of those sort of things. So he's going to know more than just your average security officer. True. I would hope so. <laughs> um, cool. More than Look, just starship, you know, tactics. and you When know, they first ground. went out there, like in season one, they, I don't think any of them knew anything. <laughs> well, of course they didn't. They hadn't been out there You're the before. tactical guy. Go play Monopoly. <laughs> it looked like they were playing Risk to figure out how, how to do this. Maybe they did because they were going into literally uncharted territory places they'd never been before so true it's a, it's an unfair criticism yes it is and you should apologize to malcolm right now that's all right <laughs> he's not even born yet he'll hear you in the future way to go pat way to go patrick way to go way to go <laughs> all right fine future malcolm i'm sorry thank you but you, you are going to be the cause of the Mako's disappearing. By the time you die, you won't even, you, he won't even be born, will he? No. <laughs> uh, well, I hope so. I'd love to live a long time. You're going to live another <laughs> 150 years or so? Who knows what happens in the next 50 years with technology? It's possible. It is true. It is true. So, Fair point. All right. So, uh, Richard, do you have any final thoughts on this episode? No. I, I think I said my piece. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Brandy, any final thought? I don't really have any, but do you, Brandy? Uh, no, I think we actually made something coherent out of a an idea that didn't seem to make sense at first. So yay us! <laughs> <laughs> yay me for having a bad idea that works. Woohoo! See, that's the and thing. stuck okay. with it. There are no bad yeah. ideas. I don't quit. <laughs> so, all right. Um, thank you for joining us, Richard. Uh, where can people find you around the interwebs? Well, um, they can find me on Facebook. I pop in here and there on the Babel Conference, bashing Wesley Crusher. Um, but um, I'm also on Earl Grey. I hosted uh, I, I hosted a podcast with uh, Amy and Justin, and we talk everything um, about uh, TNG. And you guys can also find me on Twitter. My handle is xransom. Awesome, awesome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for gracing me to be in this part or in this ship <laughs> yes. Yes, it's a beautiful nx01 isn't it we, we is it, it is it is you a little different to, enterprise for you the head the head space needs to be changed and you guys yeah. gotta put carpet on your walls too yeah. so you know yeah. we're, we're working carpet on, on the it. ceilings we're working on it carpet on the ceilings like on the runabouts yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes the shaggy ones the shaggy ones yeah, the shaggy. <laughs> yes shag carpeting That's the way to 70s do carpeting so that will all make sense if you also listen to Earl Grey in a few a few weeks before this aired. Uh, dropped. Yep. Yep. Totally. <laughs> it's been fun talking about the Makos today, but this isn't the only thing we've been discussing on the network. So here's a quick look at some of the other things you may have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM. To the journey! 
Yeah, I don't see him being allowed to just mooch off of Voyager, which is what he'd be doing if he resigned his commission. Be like, okay, get out. <laughs> we'll find the next planet and drop So it's you kind out. of an empty threat. I'm going to resign my commission. Like, fine, you want to go scrub the plasma manifolds? Knock yourself out. <laughs> Someone has to do it. Might as well be you. <laughs> Warp 5. Lorian? I'm terrible with names, let me just hey, tell you. just like Back to the Future, man. DeLorean. <laughs> well, you've now you see ruined his son. it. Yep. Do you see his son, the DeLorean? Doors open this way. No. So, but in well, that episode, we see ears. his son. He does. <laughs> Maybe he could fly. I don't know. Now that should be the stinger. Earl Grey. Was that Jellicoe that went by? What are you talking about? Will you stop finding things in this episode <laughs> that no one else sees? <laughs> The guy had gray hair and everything. I thought it was Jericho. Oh, yeah, because every guy with bad. gray hair is Jericho. Like yeah, yeah. Like he's, he, he, he's just visiting after coming by for <laughs> Chain of Command. He was stopping for a cup of tea. <laughs> he doesn't strike me as someone that drinks tea. Melodic treks. Oh, okay. So how do we do this? I mean, wait a minute. Before we get into that, like, what about, like, the Tarantino Trek movie, is that going to happen? Because I'm totally stoked for that. Oh, yeah. Listen, he's done two movies already. Whoa. And uh, Captain Picard. Wow. Next back generation Tarantino movie. That'll be great. Well, I'm so very excited that we're going to be getting two Tarantino movies. That's that's just awesome. This is great. I love knowing about the future. You know what? We'll, we'll set up that interview with Jeff Russo. Let's get the next episode of Melodic Treks back online. And let's make it happen. We're making it happen, Brandon. Oh, but here's the best part. I have a copy of the interview right here, already mixed and ready to go. And you can put it online when I leave. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcast. If you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV, or the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. And please leave us a star rating and written review. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone in most third-party apps, and you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link. Well, despite what you may think, we would love to hear your thoughts on today's show, and there are a variety of ways that you can do that. The best place, of course, is to join the larger conversation in the aforementioned Babel Conference, which is our listeners group on Facebook. It's very easy to find. Go to the search field on Facebook, type in Babel, B-A-B-E-L, and it will probably be the first thing that comes up. But if you would like to send us an email, you can use the form on our website at trek.fm slash contact. Choose to send to a show and select Warp 5. This will come right to us and you can find us on the network at Trek FM and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Trek FM. So Patrick, when you're not dumping all over poor Malcolm Reed, where can people find you? Nowhere. That, anywhere they find me, I, that's what I'll be doing. <laughs> no, I, I like Malcolm. So you can find me in the Babel Conference. I pop up on there once in a while. You can also find me on Twitter at Magic Drop 5. The 5 is a number. It's one word. You can also find me with my buddy uh, Amy over at The Edge. And I pop up here and there on other shows like Earl Grey and uh, from time to time. So, you know, keep an eye out. I pop up in places you don't necessarily expect me to. Mm -hmm. So, Brandy, when you're not dragging the captain with a hole in his leg back behind a table, where can people find you? (laughs) 
I would totally do that. I've always got archers back. Uh, you can find me on Twitter as Brandywine12. Brandy is with an I, the number 12. Uh, you can find me popping up sometimes in the Babel Conference. And I lurk mostly just right under the water like a shark. Uh, you will hear me from time to time on the 602 Club. And in fact, there's an episode coming up that I'm going to be on. So keep an ear out for that. And my husband, Dave, and I also do our own podcast called The Dark Corner Podcast. And it, you can find that at darkcornerpodcast.com. We look at things from the darker side of life. And it's got a lot of swearing. So please do not let your children listen to that. If you'd like to help us keep all these shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron on the network on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash trekfm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm to get all the details. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more. Available through our special patrons website, Patron Zone. It requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month. We really appreciate your support. Any support you can give us. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. And at this time, we would like to thank our wonderful associate producer makos, Norman C. Lau, Floyd Dorsey, Mike Morrison, Tim Cooper, Justin Ozer, Mark Flessa, and Chris Tribuzio. Thank you very much for your support. We appreciate you as always. Awesome. Yeah, then you gotta say goodbye. Do I? Oh man, I was the host. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. We. I, it's eleven. Did you forget already? <laughs> it's eleven ten at night over here. It's okay. Okay. It's okay. Well, that's all we have for you this week. So keep calm and boom on. still have to get the Makos in here at some point. Mm-hmm. So at this point is where the Makos should make an appearance, I think. Because this isn't an Archer versus old Vulcan episode. That could be the B-plot. Mm. Yeah. Well, couldn't they come... <clears throat> Excuse me. If they were on the Enterprise with Archer, they could beam over at the same time as Archer. That's true. And that would be... That would make the most sense, because why would he go over there without his elite fighting force? Did I just... I said fighting... <laughs> Fighting or farting? Hmm. That is wrong with me. All right. Gonna, well, that's going to be a lethal. Them out? Yeah, let's go. Yeah, NBC, there you go. That's my job, dude. Let's do it. Roll some canisters. Let's go. <laughs> okay. So. It's storm fart all over again. No. <clears throat> oh, man. I'm going to have to tell Brandon he can't edit this episode. He's going to hate us. So. He'll leave in the farting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. People think I'm doing this on purpose, and I'm really not. Okay. Uh, so, the elite <laughs> fighting force go, 
beams over with Archer into whatever. The, the, the ships are identical, so he, he could obviously find a place to beam in that they wouldn't be standing most likely, right? Well, I think they're right. at the point where 